You're listening to your superpowered mind on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that investigates the innate power within your brain to create lasting change. Hello, everyone. Welcome to your superpowered mind. I am your host, Kristen Maxwell, and in this show, we explore the process of transformation and give you tools and strategies that you can use to transform your own life. Today, I'm really excited to be talking to Signe Myers-Hovum about navigating life as a sensitive human. And Signe Myers-Hovum is a spiritual counselor an ITA energy practitioner, and the author of The Space in Between, an empath's field guide. Signe helps her clients to find authenticity and discover how to be a balanced, sensitive human being using the power of self-awareness and the sacredness of language to create change and cultivate harmony between one's inner and outer environments. So Signe, welcome to your superpowered mind. Thank you so much for having me, Kristen. Yeah, I'm excited. There's so much to talk about in this area. I'm going to start with my first question, which is always, what superpower did you uncover as the result of mastering your mind? I think, you know, for myself, um, the fundamental shift that I discovered was um, what does authority mean? And and that really kind of helped me um, understand relationships, you know, because if you've displaced your authority, you've also displaced your voice. And, you know, it kind of opened up for me um, a whole new way of looking at interactions, um, looking at my own thoughts and perceptions. And so, um, you know, this is ongoing, you know, but, you know, when we, we kind of give away um, a sense of ourselves in our authority, when we kind of align to belief systems that come from outside of us and we don't question them. So I would have to say that, you know, to your listeners, um, I was somebody who was born kind of already questioning authority as early as I can remember. You know, I, I didn't want to wear a Girl Scout uniform, if somebody was telling me that was the only way I would belong, or, you know, I was always looking at, you know, well, what is your agenda? Or what is, you know, so I, I've always been somewhat um, curious about um, authority. And then as I did more and more of my own work, I started to see the relationship between authority and authenticity, that, you know, really to, to, kind of live from your center, your core, your authentic self, you know, you really do require your own sovereignty and your own authority. Yes. And that is so funny because I love how people are so different. It, it has never in my life occurred to me to go into situations thinking about what people are, what people's agendas are. Isn't <laughs> yeah. that weird? Yeah, that it is so so funny. Um, and how how did you you know you know a lot of your work is around um, empaths and sensitive um, humans and such. Did you do you identify yourself as being a sensitive human being or an empath? 
Yes, I would identify myself as both a highly sensitive person and an empath or an empathic person. And, you know, just to give your listeners kind of a little bit of um, reference point, um, a highly sensitive person, you know, is kind of been a term coined back in 1989 by Dr. Elaine Aaron. And, you know, they, they've gone on to do research and find that there is a genetic marker that makes um, these individuals have a higher sensory um, processing. And so bright lights, loud noises, you know, things of the physical uh, realm in which, you know, we're using our senses, um, you know, they can be highly stimulated or um, agitated by it. And so, but if you, you know, that, that is using your senses on kind of with, you know, what you hear, what you see, what you feel, um, you know, busy, crowded spaces, but an empathic person has kind of um, heightened sensory perception to what's energetically there. So they don't need like a physical clue. They don't need the bright light. They don't need to see somebody suffering. Um, they kind of can feel it. And that is called empathic intuitive channels. And so you can see that on one hand, somebody who like myself is both highly sensitive and intuitively empathic. Um, we have a lot to manage. And that's why, you know, I wrote the book, The Space in Between and Empaths Field Guide, because for most of my life, I was a bit overwhelmed with my environments and not quite understanding um, why I was feeling the way I was. And um, so, you know, this is, this is something I hope people who would like to have a guide, um, you know, will take my book and, and read it. There's questions at the, at each chapter to kind of help reflect because the thing about being um, sensitive is, you know, our environments, you know, can be almost uh, overwhelming to us. And so we need to find our own authority. We need to come to our center. And, and ideally, I say a functional empath is somebody who can operate from a neutral channel or the other word for neutral channel is compassion. Because, you know, when you come into compassion, you actually aren't judging, you're accepting and you don't you know, you're, you're offering um, compassion as opposed to um, offering your own energy and, you know, depleting yourself and having to deal with a lot of mismanaged boundaries. Yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. You just said so much there that I want to um, dig deeper into. But before we do, we're going to take a break. Um, I'm going to let everybody know that you can find Signe and her book at smhovum.com. And I will put the um, her website in the notes and on your uh, the notes at yoursuperpoweredmind.com, where you can also discover what we've got going on at Your Superpowered Experts, the communities and programs. Hang on. We will be right back and we'll talk some more about navigating life as a sensitive human. Hi everyone, I'm Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. Are you ready to master your life? Are you looking for more calm and peace, connectedness in your relationships, more clear communication, guided thoughts, 
and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens, then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, Signe, so let's, I guess what I'm, um, what I'm always curious and what I'm always wanting to do with, with the podcast is to, if there are people out there who don't necessarily have the awareness of, wait, oh, I'm a, a highly sensitive person or an empath, but they just know that they don't feel right. You know, they go into crowded places and they're uncomfortable or, you know, when they're around people and situations, they're feeling off, you know, sort of off kilter. How do you tell if you're a highly sensitive person? Well, and let me step back. I think a lot of people tend to then say, well, I'm just an introvert. You know, I just don't like being around people or or something like that. How do people know, okay, wait, I've got something else going on here? You know, it's interesting. And I've made a comment once that, you know, for myself, um, becoming an introvert was more of a symptom of me not understanding my empathic um, capabilities, you know, so it was easier to, you know, I always say, if you're if you're unaware empathic person and um, environments are troubling you or challenging you, or if relationships are challenging you, um, the first kind of knee jerk reaction is to leave the space. So, you know, for people who, um, you know, are challenged and they find that they have this knee jerk reaction of just trying to remove themselves from it, you know, slipping out the door um, you know, slipping out of relationships, um, then I would really ask you to take, you know, a moment and sit with that and, and understand what is your trigger? What is making you do this? Because, um, when you're, when you're kind of doing this escape route, you're really not living a life or living a, a life that brings um, peace and balance and harmony. And you're not able to be fully present in your own life if you keep kind of slipping out. And so, you know, this takes a lot of um, willingness. If, if something's not working in your life, like you're avoiding places, you're avoiding doing things because you think you can't handle it or you'd rather just stay at home. I mean, this is your opportunity to see, is that true? Um, because for myself, I know that part of it is, you know, highly sensitive people, um, you know, empathic people, you know, we're relying on our nervous system. And if we cannot regulate our nervous system or emotions, then that's really showing us that we're out of balance. And so these, you know, are some of the questions that, you know, I had to ask myself, you know, um, why is my perception of being, you know, of safety so impaired? And, you know, part of it was, you know, childhood, um, you know, trauma or, you know, of other things, but it was also because of my empathic sensitivities, I didn't understand them. I didn't, you know, it was easier, it's easier to judge something than it is to feel something. And so I had kind of created my own internal bunker where, you know, I could be in an environment and yes, I might be feeling uncomfortable, but rather than like look inside and see what that was, I would just judge the environment. 
And so that was creating what I would say are barriers rather than boundaries. And I think a lot of unaware, empathic, sensitive people have um, kind of used as a coping mechanism, finding ways for to, to create barriers. And, you know, this again is where you would have to kind of take time and sit with yourself and saying, is this really working for me? Am I thriving? Um, and what would it take for me to change a knee-jerk reaction? And, and for myself, you know, it was a slowly emerging, evolving um, process of me learning to trust my senses and, um, you know, give my nervous system true uh, regulation help with, you know, either body work or uh, meditation. Um, I think the more I tapped into meditation and stillness, the more my nervous system started to like really cal calm down and not be so reactive. So I, I hope I answered something in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. And so what I'm hearing you say is that a lot of people who, who are like, I can't be around people because I'm an introvert what's going on is potentially they're so overwhelmed either sensorily or with their emotions and energy that they have to leave the space rather than learn how to be in, be in it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's not, I mean, there are truly introverts and, you know, but I I'm trying to say that there's um, an overlap of where inter being an introvert is an escape route, um, you know, and, and you would know that for yourself, if when you're withdrawing, you kind of feel like um, you didn't give it, you, you didn't give yourself a chance, mm. um, you know, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that where you've gone somewhere and you already kind of made up your mind, you were going to leave quickly because you didn't want to be there. Mm -hmm. And but for some reason, you ended up staying longer and you realized you got through that uncomfortable 10 minute <laughs> part and it actually relaxed into something, um, you know, quite meaningful and enjoyable. And I think this is what, you know, we need to challenge ourselves to not be so willing to say, OK, um, you know, I gave it five minutes and then I'm out of there. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, it's really interesting. Some body therapies, when they work at your nervous system, you know, they'll do cold therapy or cold showers and it's to build up a resilience. And I do think that, you know, sensitive and empathic people can also have social resilience, but it requires um, intention. It, it requires focus and a lot of compassion for yourself to say, hey, let's just try this. Let's be curious. Let's get out of the judging mind. And, you know, I know your show is about the super, you know, mastering your mind. And I think what has happened, unfortunately, when I read forums on Facebook or even my own Facebook group, um, you know, there's a lot of people who kind of correlate or have brought together entangled suffering with being sensitive. And I think that's really kind of my, my, my book was to address that because our mind is powerful, but you know, suffering is created in the mind. Mm -hmm. And if you are a sensitive person and you suffer because of it, you know, this is mind work um, because 
you know, there's, you don't need to be processing other people's um, emotions and thoughts. You know, that's not what each person is here to do. They're supposed to be looking at their own life. And so for the people who really are suffering because they're sensitive, I would really like them to take a look at that. Where did they get that perception? You know, and um, is it necessarily true? Um, so I just don't want it to be the noise that distracts them from actually having a meaningful, um, thriving life in which they can, you know, reveal themselves and who they are. Yeah. Well, and so, you know, what's coming up for me around this is I think people some are often starting to get an awareness of, okay, my senses get overwhelmed. For example, I have a daughter who's probably certainly <laughs> both highly sensitive and empathic. Um, like she cannot be in a city. She hates cities. They, she goes into them and completely shuts down um, mm-hmm. completely and also around groups of people. Um, but what, so I think people have learned that, okay, I can't be around if there's a lot of people and a lot of bustle. So it's hard on my senses, but what, I don't think people are always necessarily aware is that sometimes energetically they're picking up on other people's suffering and discomfort and how uncomfortable that can make people without being aware of it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, the real, um, you know, the real beginning of the journey. I, I say, if you identify as an empath, you're on a spiritual path because this sensitivity is going to become a form of guidance. And that's what I would ultimately hope people, you know, get from this is that when you drop the the suffering bit, it then just becomes guidance and it becomes a tool. And Mm -hmm. part of that is knowing your own life story, your own narrative, because from your own life story, you're going to be able to have genuine empathy but you have to, you know, appreciate and accept your own life and what has happened and look at where your narrative might be in a victim tone or, you know, what have you processed about it. And when you become into your center, into this neutral channel, it's much easier to be in the presence of someone else's suffering or a lot of just busy energy because you know yourself so well that um, your energy, you're not confusing your energy with other people's energy. And this is kind of the the gift, you know, people talk about superpowers and gifts. The, the actual gift is the gift you give yourself by being able to know who you are um, and be such. That's a quote from a Greek poet, Pindar, and it's what I use in the beginning of my book. And it's really true, you know, not, not a lot of um, we don't get a lot of opportunity as we grow up to know who we are as a sensory being. We don't get to know ourselves, who we are in, you know, in relationship to nature. And, you know, so there's a lot of opportunity for growth at any point of our life um, when we start looking within. And that is, I think, you know, what I would always say to somebody who really wants to start being able to go more into public places or 
um, interact with people that might be typically problematic in their past, but, you know, they're wanting to change that dynamic. And it, it really comes back to knowing yourself and being able, you know, there's certain um, tools, like there's um, one of the tools that I learned in Australia when I lived there, um, and I attended the Melanie Ryan Institute of Applied Consciousness. It's, you know, it's this idea that, you know, I am that or I am not that. And when you are in a group and you're feeling things and you're like, is this mine? Is this not mine? You know, and it takes a little bit of a discernment, but the more you know yourself and know, is this reasonable that I would have these thoughts? Is it reasonable that I would have these feelings? And yes, oh yes, these are all mine. Um, you you can take comfort in that. But, you know, if you pick up something that's like, why am I feeling that suddenly? Or why am I having this random thought? And you're like, this is not mine. And the ability to kind of discern, is this mine, is it not? Um, really creates uh, a boundary then for you. Yes, it's funny, isn't it? You know, in superpower experts, a lot of what, um, you know, we do is very similar to what this, but couched in different languages. You know, I yeah. think everything is couched differently because people will respond to things differently and they hear things differently. And yeah, and that's sort of that idea of almost, mind reading, not in a true mind, but it's like the picking up of somebody else's mood. And like, all of a sudden, it's like you caught it. Yeah, you know, you're fine. And all of a sudden, you're not. And what just happened and being yeah, is this mine? It's such a good question. <laughs> well, and you really see that in young kids, even I mean, you know, my children are grown and raised now. But when um, you know, they were younger and they'd go over and they'd spend the night at somebody's house and they'd come back almost like a different child with a different temperament and personality. And, you know, and some of my kids are very sensitive as well. And they, and they just kind of absorbed um, an imprint from, you know, the other child. And, you know, so, but they're not aware of that. They just, you know, this is, and, you know, it takes, you know, an adult who can say, oh, well, you know, their behavior has shifted and then, you know, bring it to their awareness. Like, you know, what's going on? This is seemingly more like what, you know, your friend would act like and, and just kind of bring them back to who do they know themselves to be? Yes. Yes. And one of the things that I want to circle around to, and which I just find so important is to learn how to find stillness in our nervous system. Um, you know, for me, it was my path, I think, as uh, probably an empathic person as um, was anxiety was just picking up on fear around mm -hmm. me forever mm -hmm. and ever and ever. Um, and learning. I didn't know what it was like to be still in my nervous system. I had never felt that because mm -hmm. I was constantly alert, always, always, always alert to everything in the world. Um, and so how important it is to tune into what is just happening in our body mm. it, yeah. itself. And so what are some of the ways that, that you learn and you help people to, you know, to calm their own and find stillness in their well, self? I, yeah. If you go to my website, you know, what you, you've already said, it's www.smhovum.com. 
Um, there's a meditations um, section. And if you get my ebook, the meditations are in the ebook. Um, and one of them is about relaxing the nervous system. And what I do for myself is I'm very connected to nature. And most empathic um, people are really connected to nature. And, you know, it is truly the most authentic um, presence we have. And so I like to highlight to people how we our body mimics nature as well. We're part of nature. And so, you know, again, it's getting away from the separation consciousness that, you know, it's us or them, you know, so oneness and stillness and nature, this is all what we're part of. And so one of the meditations I do really tries to go through your body with you and understand its natural rhythm, this oscillation, this um, contraction, relaxation, you know, just like, you know, the, the waves here, they, you know, contract and they come forward, you know, our intestines, our esophagus, our capillaries. I mean, there is this presence of pulsation, our heart, our breathing. And so, the more we can come back to our natural rhythm and understanding that, you know, life is not about holding your breath and bracing your muscles for the shoe to drop. But a lot of times this is how we, we learn to cope. And if you find you are someone, you know, who is holding your breath a lot or bracing your muscles or, you know, your jaws locked, um, I would really say, you know, try some meditation in which you're doing active breathing because breathing, you know, is a very powerful way of helping set boundaries and giving you, you know, your own breath. And, and, you know, I, I do things with dowsing rods where I can show somebody that their energy fields will kind of reset if they just take, you know, a good minute of breathing deeply for themselves. So, um, you know, meditations, um, breathing is a great one. I am a firm believer in finding a great body worker, um, you know, because, you know, you want to allow your muscles to relax. So any bracing patterns that you have, you know, you could work with a body worker on that um, to see what patterns are there in your fascia. So I hope those have been some, and also seeing live music. I think music and, you know, it's vibration and there's something incredibly open and joyful about, um, you know, being in the presence of music. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, right. Of thinking about music as just the energy of it um, and a large space. Yeah, that is really interesting. And I guess one other thing, I mean, you have so much um, on your website, and I think if this aligns with people, please go and, and check out Signe's work, um, is I think a lot of people, when they, when they retreat or when they feel overwhelmed, there's sort of this um, feeling of being inadequate, like that there's something wrong with them. Um, you know, it starts to turn inward as what is wrong with me. And what what would you say about that? Yeah, you know, this is a, I'm glad you phrased it this way, because, you know, I think too, what has happened is that there, 
there is a lot of talk right now about um, being an empath is a superpower or a gift. And I, and I truly believe that there's this been this pendulum because, you know, like 15 years ago, empath wasn't such a hot buzzword right now. And a lot of the advice was about protection that, you know, you had to protect yourself and there'd be all these kind of um, new age, um, you know, talk of how to protect. And now you, you know, go 15 years forward and we've got people who are really talking about it being a superpower and a gift. And I've purposely not gone that route because I feel, you know, again, the the balance point is somewhere in between that I can understand that people who have felt like they've not felt belonged or they feel different from people and they wonder what's wrong with them. And then suddenly you hear, oh, well, there's nothing wrong with me. It's actually a superpower. It's kind of compensatory um, labeling. And if it makes you feel like, okay, let's take a look at this. I mean, then, you know, by all means, consider it a superpower. If it gets you to start looking and accepting your own sensitive sensory nature. Um, But at some point, you know, as again, I said, if you're an empath, you're on a, a spiritual path, you start to look at what creates division and what creates separation. And if, And if we have a group of people who feel that they are superior or um, more gifted than others, then that I don't think is necessarily very healthy either. I think rather than, you know, getting too attached to a label, um, I would get in touch with your own sensory nature and discover for yourself. I mean, that's kind of what I had to do. I had to like, say, okay, this is what other people outside of me are telling me what empathic um, nature is, but what is it for me? Like, you know, because again, it's my life. My life is going to give, and my life experiences are going to give me the content and the substance of my consciousness. And so, and when I started to realize it was more of intuitive guidance, it was just giving me information. It's just, um, it's truly just information. And, and what are you going to do with that? How are you going to process that? And a lot of that requires that you know your own story, you understand your own triggers, because, you know, you, you can perceive environments very scary, or you can perceive, oh, there's somebody in this space that is having difficulties. And, you know, it's not my responsibility to fix this person, but I can witness this person's pain. And I can do that by knowing, um, saying a prayer or imagining goodwill or sending compassion. Um, All of these are very profound and active, and yet it didn't require um, really anything more from me than just the awareness. And I think, you know, when you talk about superpower and superpower mind, it's, it's your awareness, it's your acceptance, it's your intention. Um, And, and being self aware is basically, I think the biggest gift anyone can give um, to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And so and, you know, with this whole thing about um, superpowers and the empath. The one thing that I think 
you know, with superpower experts. And what I have learned is anything that is a gift is going to start out as a challenge. Mm -hmm. And it's in the areas where you are most challenged that you are then going to ultimately find your gifts. Right. And it's, it's, and that's a hard road often because those are your biggest triggers. <laughs> yeah. And it's also this idea that if I have a gift, am I responsible? Um, how, how does this make me responsible? And then you get a lot of people who, get burnt out because they're overstepping boundaries or they feel like they they're the ones you know that need to be needed sort of thing mm -hmm. but you know it's you know response as somebody once told me responsibility just means the ability to respond and you in your in your own authority get to decide well what does that response look like and it doesn't have to always be that you're responding you could just be observing um, and then, you know, you could be witnessing, there's uh, so much, you know, opportunity and choice. It's, it's not, there's not a limited, um, binary system here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, one of the things that really helped me is because I would, I would just go into anxiety. I'd see somebody or hear about a situation and completely, spin and anxiety around it. And then I finally learned sort of what you were saying is you get to witness that it's there and you were saying send energy. I learned that if I could either like, yeah, say a prayer or like surround them in white light, like, okay, I'm going to surround them and the family that's dealing with all of this grief and white light. Then I, I could almost feel like, okay, I've done what I can do and I can let it go. Until I learned how to do that, I could not let it go. Yeah. Because I knew there was suffering and I didn't know it was too much. Just was yeah. too much. So, well, and that's what intuition, what is really great about, you know, honoring the fact that we are sensory intuitive beings. And there, I kind of in the book, I talk about having you know, bells and whistles on our dashboard that we haven't kind of undercovered, <laughs> you know, it's like you have to kind of discover them yourself. But, um, you know, intuition is kind of that, you know, that practical application that each of us can apply to our own life. And it might mean taking a moment, it might mean pausing before you're reacting. Um, and, you know, somebody will ask me, well, what's the difference between in, an intuitive intuition and, you know, being psychic? And for myself, um, intuition is always about your own guidance. It's trying to put you on the best foot forward for whatever you're contemplating. And, you know, when you somebody's doing a psychic reading, they're reading an energy and information from somebody else, but they're also going to give them um, that advice in a reading. So, you know, the, you can be intuitive and not ever, you know, cross over into being psychic. And so I'm hopeful that as more people become, um, more, oh, I'm sorry, somebody's at the door. I don't That's quite know what's going on there, but in any case, um, I would really say, you know, we each have the ability to be intuitive and, and this is, whether you're empathic or not, or clairvoyant, it's about you tuning in to yourself, your life, 
And what is it that you want to experience? And how do you experience that? And let your imagination, let your creativity um, kind of reveal to you new things that maybe you hadn't considered. Yeah. Well, I think that's a great place to stop. And maybe you're going to have to go get the, <laughs> yeah. the door. Um, I'm just going to remind people quickly that your website is smhovum.com. And I really thank you for being here, um, you know, and doing your work out in the world. We obviously, we need it. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for having me. I, I really appreciate every opportunity I get to help people reconsider um, their sensitivities and, you know, and be a guide, you know, because I have to say, I went from the spectrum of being unaware and overwhelmed to where I can confidently feel now that I know who I am. And, you know, I'm not avoiding places or persons because, you know, I'm balanced in myself. So yeah, that's lovely. Yeah. That's lovely. Listeners, thank you again for being here um, and showing up for yourselves. Until next time, go out and remember that you do hold the power to change and transform your world. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today. 